Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor. And I'm Kevin Crewell. Today we're going to take a different approach to this Tyrius Cast. This is going to be a point-counterpoint, or basically a debate on t- intelligence at the edge. This was really inspired by a meeting we recently had with one of our clients, where we were actually debating each other on this topic. So we thought this would be interesting for everyone to hear. Well, they were entertained, so hopefully you'll be entertained as well. Exactly. Well, over the past year, the industry's made a huge case, especially the technology companies, for doing intelligence at the edge. But the OEMs haven't really moved that way. So I think that we should have intelligent things, not just connected things. And I'm going to argue that connected things need the intelligence in the cloud. And for the purpose of the debate, we're just going to focus specifically on the smart home. Now, just a level set. Let's look at this. Technology has changed a lot in the past year in terms of AI and machine learning. We've been able to really advance the creation of trained models, and we've been able to bring that down to devices ranging from an SOC to an applications processor to even a microcontroller. In fact, Google's even selling their TPU chip for inference models in devices. So it really comes down to what are the key points that we have to look at? And the first one is data usage. Okay, I think that we should keep everything local because I don't want everything going over the the cloud because, well, for one, I'm very unique. I'm on a satellite service and I don't want it maxing out my data cap, especially if I've got two or if I'm building a new smart home, I may have two or 300 different devices and I can't always control you know, when those devices are uh, accessing the internet or how often they're accessing the internet. Well, you definitely have a unique situation there, Jim. I think you're the 0.01% of of users. But the challenge there is, what are you going to do? Set a little data center in your your new home that's going to control all this stuff? The fact is, having the cloud control it is a lot more convenient. The amount of data sent by a switch turning on and off or a Alexa speaker responding to a voice command is very, very small. Streaming video, or it's going to take up a lot more of that time, a lot more of that bandwidth. Okay, then what would you say about privacy? What about me wanting to keep that data in my home? Because I want to. I don't want everybody seeing it. Not to mention, if I'm giving it out to Google and Amazon and you know Philips and all these different vendors, I don't know what they're going to be doing with my data or how they're going to be using my data. Well, frankly, I don't think your data is going to be worth all that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the to me, the most important thing is the aggregation of this data. Assuming, of course, it's anonymized properly. The aggregation of data actually can have some importance. And the privacy issues can be, I I will agree, can be an issue. I mean, there are rumors that uh, Ring doorbell employees have the ability to access uh, Ring devices and watch streaming videos from people's houses. That's not a good thing. So we do have some issues there, I will agree. I think it's better that we control those issues and that the vendors do a better job of guarding our privacy. And I don't think it matters whether it's local or in the cloud. Uh, it's a matter of, of the device protecting you uh, from uh, protecting your privacy, I should say. 
Well, I will give you this. You are getting some value for what you give up in privacy, which is a case that a lot of companies have made, that they're giving you something in exchange for some of that data or some of that privacy. But then you also have the issue of security. I mean, if I have 200 or 300 different devices in a smart home, all having access to the Internet, I have two or 300 holes in my security system. You know, the, the ways different people can hack, let's face it, security on all these devices varies greatly. I would, that I would agree, but I think you're trying to patch the effect, but you're not getting to the cause. Cause is ability to upgrade and keep these devices up to date, and that's the best security. But in order for that to happen, they do need to punch a hole through your firewall there and get those updates. So the ability to update devices is critical. And in order to update those devices, they do need to be connected. Yeah, but why can't they be connected through my own private firewall or my own private solution? And quite honestly, those aren't available. Or your own private Idaho. If you keep a, <laughs> a, a VPN or a private connection between your firewall, your house, and your firewalled house, I should say, to your ISP, then it's going to be hard for those vendors to reach into their devices and connect to them and keep them up to date, as well as to extract the data that they're looking to extract. So I do believe this needs to evolve. Most ISPs today, internet service providers, do not offer a standard VPN capability. Certainly some of the higher-end ones do, and you can use external VPN solutions. That might be one way around it, but for today, I, I don't I don't see that's actually a viable um, way around this situation right now. Now, one of the challenges for these AI machine learning models is they run better in the cloud because the, the cloud has access to a larger set of data. You can train and you can deploy new inference models much, much faster in the cloud than you can on edge devices. The edge device, there is no incremental learning mode yet in edge devices. So whatever machine learning algorithm they have today, unless they are connected, will still have the same model. It's, it's, it will become more static. It needs to be connected and having the machine learning model in the cloud makes that evolve much faster and, and less expensive for the vendor than trying to reach out and constantly have to update those models. Now see, I'm not buying it. I, I really think that it should be local because I don't want to be feeding everyone else's model. I want to be feeding my model. Let's face it. If I've got a smart home, it just has to really know my patterns. You know, when the light should come on, when they should go off, when somebody's in the house, when they're not in the house. I don't think that aggregating that model between all the users provides that much value. I think it has to be localized and it has to be a solution tailored to the environment it's being used in. And that's where I think more intelligent solutions really come in. And let's face it, you know, there's only so much data or so many different commands you're going to use for a light switch. Yeah, but that's not always true. You can use the training models that you get in the cloud to really understand languages and understand different speakers. And and just optimizing it for you or your family members is something that you could do heuristically. It's not, a, not really actually a machine learning model anymore. The machine learning part comes in because the training takes place in the cloud anyway. 
the more data you can aggregate to the training models, the better those training models are, and therefore the better the inference models become. So only if by training it in the cloud can you actually get a better inference model. One of the things we did talk about earlier was the issue of privacy. And while privacy is important, uh, the proper aggregation of data is important as well. And I believe it's important for a larger purpose, uh, sort of a greater good is involved here. And that is to build better training models, to build safer training models requires this aggregation of information. The, the best example I can give you is auto, autonomous cars. We're going to roll out some models of autonomous cars or more autonomous vehicles in general. Over time, those devices out uh, the car, those auto autonomous devices out in the field will run into situations they hadn't run it before. They will learn things that needs to be rolled back up into the cloud. The cloud can then use that to add to the training, and then build better inference models. So unless we provide data back to the cloud to build better and better models, these inferences will not get better over time and therefore safety will suffer. In order for safety to become, for autonomous vehicles to improve over time, it requires that they learn and they only learn by aggregating the knowledge over many, many different vehicles. Well, I think we're taking this back in a circle. Well, I do agree with you that some data should be generally available because it's going to help save people's lives. I still think it needs to either be regulated or controlled, you know, so we know what data is shared, how it's shared, and who has access to it. You know, I, I don't really believe that, or I don't really, I have to say this, I don't really trust companies to use my data in the, better, in the greater interest. Well, you know, there's, in addition to that, there is actually going to be silos of data. Mercedes-Benz is not going to share its data with General Motors, and it's not going to share its data with Ford. It's not going to share its data with Toyota. They're all going to develop their own silos of, of safety information. My analogy here is I, I do believe at some point in time those car manufacturers and other autonomous vehicle vendors such as Waymo and others should share their learnings together to make safer cars. And my analogy here is Volvo. Volvo invented the safety belt, the seat belt. But rather than keeping it proprietary and keeping it as a licensable, they gave away the license because they knew it would save lives if people had access to seat belts. And I believe this is the same thing with autonomous car models. I believe the aggregate safety of the populace is more important than a proprietary solution for one vendor that's a little bit better than somebody else's. So in the, you are what you saying that in the smart home, unless we're all using Alexa, it's not going to all work together? Well, that's part of it. There is a Alexa and, and Google have two ecosystems. There's also the Apple ecosystem, and they're not, they don't talk to each other. So that's a, an issue, and I think that's going to hold back the smart home for a period of time. And Alexa's listening to you as we talk. That's funny. <laughs> I think the other thing is reliability, which brings up the whole thing is the fact that this thing's always listening to you, and you may not want it listening to you. Or, you know, you lose your internet connection. If everything's going up to the cloud, all of a sudden my lights don't work. My air conditioning doesn't turn on. You know, does anybody really want that in the home? And some people are finding that out, that, you know, when you're going to have, if you've got smart home technology and it's all going through the cloud, guess what? 
even even a latency glitch can cause systems not to work right. Yeah, I, I will give you that. There is some issues. Uh, I mean, for a while, the Philips Hue lights, if there was a power outage and the power came back on, the light would default to turning on to the maximum brightness. So if the power outage in the middle of the night, all your lights would turn on to <laughs> maximum brightness. That That's not something you really want to happen. So, yeah, there's there's definitely been glitches in the system, and I think that's something that hopefully will get better over time. There, there definitely is somewhat of a trade-off between local control and cloud control and having a manual backup. One thing I like about August locks is the fact that it doesn't replace your lock. It just augments it. So you still actually have your, your old key that can still work, even if your battery runs out in the August lock or the power goes out. You can still lock and unlock your door. Well, and I'm also concerned about cost, Kevin. You know, I will I will fully concede that having a connected solution is going to be cheaper than having an intelligent solution. However, that's assuming that those services are free. And so far they have been. But what happens if the model changes? What happens if Alexa, uh, Amazon and Google and Apple decide to start charging for those services? Well, I, I do use the phrase if you don't pay for the product you are the product so for now you're not paying for that uh, data because they're utilizing it for to develop these better models over time so you're giving away some privacy and you get a cheaper service in the case of video like uh, ring doorbells they do charge a monthly or a yearly fee to store the video so if you want that video stored for later play- playback you do have to pay for that. So it's not, all that stuff's not free, especially uh, when it comes to uh, video because it does require a fair amount of storage and, and data services. But Ed-known devices, uh, even an intelligent Ed-known device will still be connected. Uh, there's no way around the connection. Question is, how much is that local intelligence going to cost? Right now, there has been a, a drive to reduce the cost of Ed-nodes to make them cheaper. And that tends to cripple the ability to add uh, more intelligence to those devices. You know, Kevin, I'm getting, as you know, I'm getting ready to build a new house. And I'm trying to build it both sustainable and smart. And i got to be honest with you, I'm still torn between what to do smart and what to do, you know, what's going to be in the cloud, what's going to be local, and what should I actually go and use smart technology for? Going around CES, I noticed that most of these solutions cost anywhere from 10 to 30 times more than their manual counterparts. Just look at light switches, look at connected lights, look at all these different solutions. They're sometimes much more expensive. If I wanted to do, and you can do everything on a smart home. You can do a doggy door, you can do your appliances, you can do your windows, your blinds, you can do all your electronics, your light switches, your lights, your audio, your video everything that you can imagine in your even your faucets in your toilets you can anything you can imagine using it can be connected and electrified in some way but i'll be honest with you i don't think i could afford it if i did it well i you know it's one of those things where um i think few people can afford a fully connected smart home i I believe people are rolling it out in bits and pieces a little piece at a time and adding uh, incremental intelligence over time so that you don't get hit by the 
cost all at once. So the, the sticker shock is uh, reduced by having it roll out over time. But when you're building a brand new house on the ground up, yeah, I can see trying to roll all that intelligence in at one shot can be pretty pricey. Well, I hope this helps you listeners because this is not an easy topic to handle. As you can see, we even debate it back and forth. But on that note, we'll keep tracking it. We'll keep looking at it. We'll keep addressing it as it develops. So I think that's a wrap for another Tyrius cast. And please keep in mind, Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, M&A evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. Yes, for more information about Tyrius Research and follow-up debates, please visit our website at tiriasresearch.com or contact one of our analysts. Also keep up with us on social media at Tyrius Research or for me, at Crewell, K-R-E-W-E-L-L. And for Jim McGregor, at Tech Strategist, T-E-K Strategist. Well, if you've enjoyed this little debate of ours and have some feedback, please feel free to contact us at any time. Or if you have other topics you'd like us to address or even debate, please send us a line. Thank you for joining another Tyrius Cast, and please sign on again. <laughs> <laughs>